Welcome back to another episode of My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock, and we're all familiar with the big names in horror. Freddy, Jason, Scottish soccer hooligans. But who we're not familiar with are the ones just outside the terror, the ones who didn't get to tell their tales. And helping me do that this week, the creator of the upcoming project, Modern Muckraker, Mike Schubert. How are you, Mike? I'm doing very well. Uh, hanging in as well as I can, given the world. But yeah, I'm doing all right. How about you? <laughs> I'm, I think there might be a little bit of light. At the end of the tunnel, so nice. I think. There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you again. I was saying before, this is our uh, our second time scheduling this, so I appreciate you being uh, just very, very cool and, and accommodating with this. So I greatly appreciate your time. They, they call me Mike Cool and Accommodating Schubert for a reason. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Mike Accommodating Schubert, we are talking today <laughs> about the 2008 horror film, The Midnight Meat Train. Mike, <laughs> why this movie? Well, I hope I, I'm not like a, a horror nut by any means. So hopefully this is a movie that people have at least heard of. But this one just always stood out to me as like the most 2008 horror movie possible uh, where I, it's just <laughs> like it, it wildly stars Bradley Cooper. The title, <clears throat> I remember distinctly when when I first watched this movie, I was I was in high school and I was hanging out with some friends in my neighborhood and I went to an all boys <clears throat> high school. That was like 45 minutes away from where I lived. So making friends in my neighborhood was like a, a bigger deal because then I could hang out with people on the red. Oh, for so sure. I, I had like just made some new friends and they were like, hey, we're going to have some people over and we're going to watch Midnight Me Train. And I was like, are we watching porn? What are we doing? <laughs> but I was like, I, I need friends, so I'm going to watch right, it. Right, and then right. I found out it was a horror movie and I'm like traditionally a horror movie baby. So I was like, uh oh, well. Okay, we're, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I watched it, and I thought it was just like completely ridiculous. And uh, I, th- it's just always stuck in my mind. It's just like from title alone, and then of course the whole concept is just a ridiculous film. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's great. It's it. The, there's two things about Bradley Cooper that I find so fascinating. One that he's in this movie, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. he was the guy from inside the actor studio who had the question. I think for. De Niro, I think it was. I don't yeah. know if you've seen that clip, but it's, I, I think he's talking I've to De Niro. I've seen it, yeah. <laughs> uh, this, I love this movie. This was a movie that I bought on DVD. I, I had heard about it, but I, I hadn't seen it. And then I think I was in a Best Buy, and I just saw the cover, and it's Vinnie Jones, I believe, on the cover. Mm-hmm. And I was, I just picked it up, and I was like, well, this is this is going in. It's, you know, <laughs> Clive Barker is attached to it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was, I was sold. What was your impression of this movie the first time you saw it? I remember being very relieved that it wasn't that jump scary because that's Mm -hmm. always been my biggest thing with horror movies is I just I could deal with gore and creepiness and, you know, psycho type, like make you think about it or mess up with your brain kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. jump cuts, I just can't. When I was very young, I saw Spider-Man. I don't know if it was the first. I think it was the first one in theaters where like at some point. Peter Parker's in the hospital and he has a nightmare about the Green Goblin and it's just like a jump cut of the Green Goblin's mask and I've never recovered. So yeah, <laughs> there's a scene. I think I think I know what you're talking. Is that the one where it doesn't he go into a house? He goes into the burning house. Uh-huh, that's another the, one that happens. Yeah, the Green Goblin's got like that shawl on and he turns around and yep. like there's that like high pitched intense scream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, yeah, not yeah. A, uh, hated it, hated it. So that just made me. I hated jump scares for the longest time. But I remember watching it. I was just being very relieved that it wasn't that scary because I was trying to look cool in front of this girl that I thought was very cute. And uh, sure. I, was proud of, I was proud of myself for not chickening out. And I thought 
I thought the whole concept of it was was very strange, but I absolutely thought the twist at the end was very cool because I did not see it coming at all. Like when mm-hmm. we started the movie, I wasn't like, oh yeah, I bet the train goes to hell. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I was uh, I was appreciative of the twist. Uh, well, I, not to be too forward, I know we're 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 just getting to be pals, but how did, did it work out with the girl? No, it did not. Um, okay. It, it was a weird situation where she was she was like in some on again off again thing with this dude, and I I I hate like, this guy. I just probably thought we were further like we, I had a more of a chance than I did. We like went to some concert together of some band I never heard of called like Ace Enders, and I was like, sure, I'll go to this concert with you, whatever. And yeah. uh, I I felt. I don't know if I was truly stringed along or if I was a naive 16 year old that was just like, this girl is nice to me. Thus, she obviously likes me. Uh, But no, it did not work out. But uh, things have worked out now. Uh, I'm a a happily married boy. and We got married on February 29th, 2020. So right before right before the deadline. (laughs) Oh, my God. Congratulations. I mean, (laughs) that's, you you know, just over. Yeah. Here's your wedding gift. Mm -hmm. You get to be home together for a whole year. Yeah, we joked. We were like, oh, we, we right after the, because we were doing so much wedding planning and everything. We were like, once the wedding's over, we should just like have some quality time together and just like hang out in the apartment for a while and not see anyone. I was like, yeah, that would be nice. Uh, and and we caused the pandemic. It's our fault. So, <laughs> well, pretty, you know what? Burden if it means that you got married, I'm willing to, I'll go through it again. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take another year for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, this movie has a scene where somebody's tongue gets eaten. Yeah. And yeah. That to me, I can handle a lot, but there's some things that really kind of bump me. And this was one of those things. I still love the movie, but I could do without that. Was there anything mm-hmm. from this film that did that to you? Or is there any other film that you love, but there's a part in it where you're just like, I could do without that. I mean, the t- the tongue eating in this one is is really, really stands out. I mean, it's it is quite gruesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's very gory. And this was one of the first ones I saw. I think before this, I had seen Jeepers Creepers, which also involves gory body yeah. stuff. And, and that one I, I was able to handle as well. So... Uh, I, w- I I do remember trying to like find different ways of like closing my eyes, but not making it super obvious. So like, oh, pretending I got a text message when something gross is you yep. know just about to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, wh- when he hits people in the head with various butcher related items, that's always pretty. It's a pretty intense stuff <laughs> yeah, that, that goes gnarly. on there. <laughs> Uh, there's a there seems to be a theme with with the people that I get to talk to on this show that I, it's so refreshing because I'm the same way of like doing those things as a kid where you're essentially lying to your pals and to everyone around you to make it <laughs> seem like you're not as scared or that you have somewhere else to be. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So getting a text, I was talking, I was just talking to uh, a, a Nick, a friend of ours, and he was saying that he would pretend to talk to his friend's dad in the other room mm-hmm. while they were watching a horror movie. So yeah. I'm glad to know that. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it definitely is. And it's like, and it hasn't escaped me now because even now, like I don't, I wouldn't say I'm a horror fan, but there's certain things that make the cut. And like the first of it was get out when it was coming mm-hmm. out. I loved key and peel. I had heard Jordan Peele do various interviews about it. I was like, I have to see this movie and I saw it. I loved it. That was like my perfect level of horror film where like it was funny. It had a really gripping plot. It was very suspenseful, had some twists, had some scary stuff, but wasn't too scary. No jump cuts except for like the guy running like that was it. And I was like, this is great. Love it. So then when us came out, I was like, oh, no, Jordan Peele says this one's scarier. Uh, And I just had to like go with a friend of mine. I was like, look, I'm going to watch 
the movie in the theaters, I'm going to have my hoodie on and it's going to be like this, yeah. like covering it where I can just like close them really quickly. And thankfully I didn't have to do it. But now I'm in the point where I just like, rather than high school, Mike try to pretend he's not a big scaredy cat. It's just like, I would have to see the movie with the right people under the right conditions and just be like, look, I'm not going to look cool for an hour and 45 minutes, but <laughs> right, I'm, right. I want to get through it because I've heard good things about this film. The, uh, the running scene, as you were just describing is mm-hmm. wildly unnerving. The first time mm-hmm, I saw it mm-hmm. in the theater, I was, it's very like one of these where, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get off of the chair. Like, yeah. You're like, it was, tense. it's such a well, well shot and made sequence. It's very, yeah, it's very unsettling. Yeah. I like it, but I, I say I can do unsettling as long as it's just like gradual and not like a jump cut all at once unsettling. Cause then I'm, I'm far yeah. too unsettled and it sticks with me. <laughs> yeah. The jump scares after a while, uh, they're fun, but then you start, I, at least for me, I start to get mad after a while. Oh, <laughs> just because it feels please like stop cheap. doing this to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel you. It feels like a bad prank. Like you're getting buzzed by a handshake buzzer. Absolutely. Over over yeah. Yeah. It's cute at first and then, you know, leads to arguments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, did you know anything about Vinnie Jones prior to watching this movie? Not really. Uh, I just, he's, for me, he's one of those actors where I'm like, oh yeah, that guy, but I couldn't tell you anything Mm -hmm. that he's in, but he's got that one of the faces where I'm like, oh yeah, I know that guy. I feel like I should know him from something. And I bet if you listed off movies he was in, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I'm not a a, a well-versed Vinnie Jones scholar. He, I, so it's Snatch, I think was the first time I became aware of him. Okay. Guy, the Guy Ritchie film. And then I started to look him up and I don't know, I think this is true, but at least this is the story that I, I talked about. And the, the one that I'm choosing to believe is that he was a professional soccer player at, oh, before cool. he was an actor, he was a pro soccer player and it could be true or it could just have embellished a little bit, but I believe he got kicked out of soccer for being too much of a hooligan, Wow, which blows me away. And I, I'm, that made me more obsessed with him because it's like, oh, he yeah. really is crazy. He's not just <laughs> like acting. He's really nuts. Yeah. That's, uh, to get kicked out for being, uh, I mean, what, what better title than hooligan? I love it. I mean, it's, I've never been to a pro soccer game, but I hear they're great. It gets wild. I was very fortunate enough to do a six month work stint in Paris and I went to a bunch of PSG games because they were cheap and mm-hmm. like I love they they take like an hour and 45 minutes. It's great because there's no like timeouts. It's just two halves. They just it's very no nonsensey. And uh, yeah, stuff gets wild. The, the yeah. singing, the standing, the arguing and stuff. It, it got rowdy. So it's, a, it's I, a I mean, I've been to a college football game and I'm, I think I'm all set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not a side of humanity that I, I want to see too often. Uh, I I don't know why this this you might not even know this. If you had a uh, not even a disgraced, but say like a, a goon from either soccer or hockey that could be an action horror star, is there somebody that you would like to see on the big screen? Man. I was blessed with seeing Boban Marjanovic show up in John Wick 3. It was very cool just to see a very tall basketball player in the mix. Yeah. Because I had no idea. Uh, when I when I know I'm going to see a movie, I avoid all trailers because I don't want to see anything and know anything about it. So mm-hmm. I just remember distinctly being in the theater on opening night. And like me and the friend who I had seen it with, we had just come from playing pickup basketball. And then we went sweaty and all to the movie theater. And we both just locked eyes like, no way <laughs> when he showed up. So... 
I had the same reaction when I saw him. (laughs) Yeah, I would would love to see, especially because he's so comedic, it would be funny to see Shaq as just like a villain, but not like lovable, funny guy. Like if he just used his size to be pure intimidation, I think it could be very fun. Because like, yeah, he was Kazam. But like if Shaq was just being terrifying, like he's he's like seven foot two and he's a big fella. Yeah. He's a terrifying, like just physically, like when you look at him, he's like, you don't think humans should be that big. Hmm. I think Kawhi Leonard could also work really well too, because his hands are so big. There's a very fun picture where he's holding a normal like paper Gatorade cup, but it looks like he's holding one of those Dixie cups. Uh So if if he was in some sort of horror movie where hands were involved, like a Freddy Krueger, like the knives you'd have to put on that man, you'd have to put like katanas Mm -hmm. on each finger. His hands are so big. Oh, so God, now that you said Kawhi, like if I think if they remade the Terminator, I think Kawhi should be the Terminator. Oh, he's so robotic, too. It works. He'd be a great Terminator. <laughs> just so perfectly monotone. He could really yeah. he could really lay it down. He just kind of has to show up and just be himself. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be really solid. One take for each line. Cool. You yeah, sounded exactly great. like a robot. Well done. <laughs> I know this isn't uh, this isn't this has nothing to do with horror, but I do love that. Shaquille O'Neal has entered the phase of his career where now he's just talking shit to younger NBA players who are currently in the league. It's so interesting that he's become just a, just a grumpy old man. It's weird. I I had more hope for him than all these other old heads because you've got these other guys that are, you know, I think I want to say Oscar Robertson is very grumpy about Mm -hmm. the way basketball is played now. I'm not positive, but there's all these old guys that are like, oh, they couldn't hang with us. Like when players from back in the day are like, the, the, the 2016 Warriors couldn't beat us. It's like they would destroy you. Like it wouldn't even be close. They would, they were playing a different sport. And yeah. to see Shaq become that is very upsetting. But what I have enjoyed on the flip is Candace Parker, a WNBA star during the offseason. She's been on a couple episodes of TNT's Inside the NBA. And she's been like schooling Shaq on like the basics of basketball. And I like that. It's just coming right off the heels of him being mean to Donovan Mitchell for no good reason. I very much appreciate Candace being like, no, Shaq, here's how pick and rolls work. I, that exchange, Mike, is so insane to me to watch him just like completely shut down. And she's right. Like she's, she's talking about basketball correct. in such a scientifically like brilliant way. And he's just like, yeah. I don't get it. She's a current player that's had a very long, very illustrious career. She's still mm-hmm. playing in the league. So she's going to know more about the modern game. It's just it, I would hope that he could become more welcoming and, ups- and accepting because it is it is upsetting to see someone that is for so long has been this like lovable silly guy turned yeah. into a curmudgeon like of all people like why Shaq he's so fun just be fun yeah. everybody loves you because yeah and also hats off to Donovan Mitchell for handling it the way that he did yeah it's it's hard especially these kids like grow up idolizing these players like they watch yeah. the other whole time and then finally they get to the point where you're a famous Famous NBA player, you get on, you have a great game, and then Shaq's like, hey, that mean thing that I said about you before the game, I still stand by it, but I was trying to motivate you. And it's like, thank you, Shaquille. It also could have been nicer if you gave me like constructive criticism rather than just say I suck. If you want to motivate me, coach the team. Don't talk shit to me from the studio. (laughs) Or or just like give me something I can improve on rather than just a vague statement. You're not good enough to be the best player on a championship team. Like that hurts. That'd be very bad. Get you hop on a podcast with someone and and then just like you finally you get to guess on the show that you've always loved or something. And they're like, oh, I listen to your show. It really sucks. You need to do a better job. Or I mean, like improv is big for both of us. Like I think it speaks to our core of like, yes, and is so important to just like how I live my life. So to see Shaquille do this, it's like the ultimate no, but, and it just makes me like crumble inside. I hate it. (laughs) 
I just, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, I would be devastated. I'm such a fragile person yeah. anyways. If, if that were me, I, I would have just crumbled in front of him. Crushing. Uh, I'm sorry that I've taken you down a rabbit hole of NBA. Let's but I love the it. NBA. Um, I do too. <laughs> talk to us about uh, Modern Muckraker. Yeah. So if you are listening to this episode between March 30th, 2021 and April 30th, 2021, it means that the Kickstarter is live for a new podcast project that I am working on, Modern Muckraker. It's uh, a new podcast idea that I've had for a while and we pitched it to people and they all said no. So we're betting on ourselves to try to make it happen with a Kickstarter. And I'm going to be playing a character that is fully convinced that he is completing the world's most important investigative journalism, uncovering pop culture's most burning questions and the hidden truths behind them. But really, these questions are going to be things along the lines of when should Spider-Man take the subway instead of web swinging? Like, when would it be faster for him to just like hop on the A train uptown instead of trying to like web swing? through the trees of Central Park. So I want to interview like highly overqualified people, like talk with physicists to know the mechanics of web swinging, talk with people at Marvel to understand Spider-Man's whole deal, talk with mm -hmm. people that work for the New York City Metro Transit Authority to know like exactly how fast trains go and scheduling, and then arrive at like a definitive answer for all of these questions. So I love that plan. so much. I want to bring in a team of like writers and a producer and sound designers. And as you know, as we've all done in creative fields, we've been a part of, of a lot of projects where you either don't get paid at mm -hmm. all or you're severely underpaid. So I want to not do that. And that's why we're going with the Kickstarter so I can pay people upfront what they are worth rather than hope ad money or Patreon money comes in and pay them after the fact. Like I want to pay people right off the bat. So I'd like to, that's why we're doing a Kickstarter so that we can fund it and make this show happen. So again, if you are listening to this between March 30th and April 30th of 2021, it means the Kickstarter is alive for Modern Muckraker and you can check it out at modernmuck.com. That's our website. Or you can go to bit.ly slash modernmuckraker and that will take you directly to the Kickstarter. I'm very biased, but I think it's going to be very good. <laughs> it sounds awesome. And just what you said about the the taking the A train, I don't know if you play games, but I, I was playing both Spider-Man games and they're great. Oh, yes. They are very And fun. now that you say that, the thought just clicked in my head of like, yeah, Peter Parker and Miles Morales must get bored of web slinging after a little while. Or just tiring. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be It's got to be so hard. Like, that's really hard on your biceps and triceps. Like, your back <laughs> muscles, are you kidding me? All of those, like, pull-ups, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So. There, yeah, and, and I don't, especially knowing all like I've I've done some preliminary research where like I found a database that has the building height of every height of every building in Manhattan. And like there are there's certain areas where you're going to be like really low to the ground. You can't get that pendulum action. Just like right. hop on an express train. They go so fast. <laughs> <laughs> have you read uh, the physics of superheroes? I have not. But this sounds clearly right. up. My you alley. should check it out They're Like they they kind of delve into things like they talk about. Like one of the things is how much would the flash have to eat because his metabolism, it was, yes. would be so high because he moved so fast that he would have to eat like a hundred million calories a day just to maintain a normal level of existence. He's just got like an IV, but it's just like peanut butter. Just like <laughs> absolutely. Going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, dude, th this sounds so cool, man. I can't wait for it to come out. Uh, Thank you. and you know, you're, we're talking about web slinging in New York, you're in New York and that's yeah. where the midnight meat train is also it's in New York. It and is, but it's definitely filmed in Los Angeles, like painfully, obviously. I don't know if it's just because I'm in New York and I'm like, that's not the subway, but it's right. very clearly shot in L.A. I know, I know. Uh, but, well, you know who's not from L.A. is uh, our next guest, Mike. I would, I, I want to keep talking about what movies Kawhi Leonard could be in because I think mm -hmm. there's there's got to be a bunch. Countless possibilities. <laughs> yeah, I just saw they're making Ace Ventura 3. Put Kawhi Leonard in that. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, put him in anything. I just... 
I love that guy. But mm-hmm. uh, we do have to take a quick break, Mike. I'm so sorry. But uh, mm-hmm. we got uh, uh, a maintenance worker coming in from the New York subway. Sal is going to come by and talk to us a little bit about uh, his experience on the Midnight Meat Train. But Mike Schubert, thank you so much for coming by. And make sure you check out the 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 fundraiser for mid, uh, Modern Muckraker. Not Midnight Muckraker. <laughs> That's going to be our uh, our <laughs> raunchy <laughs> in-between-seasons yeah. episode. <laughs> Muckraker after dark. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Muckraker <laughs> XXX. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mike Schubert, thank you very much, buddy. Thank you. Hey, neighbors, Adam here. Have you been enjoying My Neighbors Are Dead? Well, there are two quick and easy ways you can show your support that only take a second. First, leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice. That can be anything from talking about a recent episode to suggesting a film for a future guest. And two, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss future episodes. It helps you, it helps us, and it helps new folks find the podcast. Thanks, and now back to the show. Uh, welcome back. I am joined by uh, a New York resident, New York native, and uh, I, I don't even know what the correct term is here. Uh, uh, train conductor, train maintenance uh, personnel. Sal, how are you, Sal? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you for taking some time out and coming by and talking to us about uh, just the the intricacies of of subway maintenance. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, it's a uh, it's a job that I think I'm like the unsung hero of this whole operation, and it's nice that someone had interest in trying to you know put some put some more information. I feel like it's one of those jobs where like the best if I'm doing my job perfectly, it means no one knows I'm doing it. So uh, I'm glad to given to be given the chance to you know put a little shine on me for once. Well, let's do that, and let's talk about what got you into sub subway maintenance or rail car maintenance. Where did the whole journey for you begin, Sal? Man, I mean, uh, I was I was just looking for jobs in the city, and mm-hmm. the working for the MTA was was paying pretty well. You know, had had some nice benefits, but was presented with the opportunity to work for him, and I thought, you know, I could I could do some do some work, help some people, get people to and from where they need to go. And uh, it was, yeah, it seemed like a nice, reliable gig. Thought I would have it for a long time. And I worked for many years, but, you know, c- circumstances changed. But it was, it was an appealing opportunity. Well, I, again, forgive me if I'm being too uh, intrusive or rude, but the <laughs> circumstances that I believe you're referring to is you, you lost your job at the MTA. Yeah. Is that correct? I was, yeah, I was, I was let go. I'm sure there's all sorts of different phrasings you could say about it, but I was, I was fired. Uh, would you, I mean, I'm again, you don't have to, if you don't want to, but would you care to, uh, expi- you know, explain the circumstances, which caused, which led to your being like, go from the MTA. There, there's a lot of ways to phrase it. Some people say I try too hard. People say I care too much. People say my weakness is that I don't have any weaknesses. Uh, but you could say, you know, I, I missed a couple of days of work consecutively, however you wanted to phrase it, you know? There's, there's all different spins you could put on why I was <laughs> tragically discharged. Well, I, you know, I hope you don't feel bad about that because I don't think anybody listening here can say that they are completely innocent in terms of playing hooky from work. So I don't think there's anything, you know, you're, you're not unique in that regard because I think people do it all the time. I know I have. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, when I'm doing maintenance on the train, it's always, it's always late at night when, you know, when fun stuff's going on, you live in New York City. Sometimes you want a bite of the Big Apple. I love New York so much because it, it, you know, I, I've never lived there, but I've spent some time there. It feels like something that's just, it feels like that city's alive. Right. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, you're a part of, 
you're part of the, the the veins and the arteries of that city and you're working in the subway. What do you do? How does that impact your confidence or your drive when you lose that job? Because, you know, like you said, you're one of the unsung heroes of, of, of the big apple. So what does that do to you? What kind of mind frame does that put you in? I mean, first off, I was pissed because I was better than everybody else. Like, oh, you're going to leave, you're going to leave the seven train maintenance to Bernard? You kidding me? This uh-huh. fucking clown? Like, he can't do anything. He doesn't know a screwdriver from a hammer. So I was, I first, I was just from a, from taking pride in my work perspective, I was upset. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, people with the train, it's like, it's one of those things that you just, you always rely on it. And you, you never, like, you're never happy when you're like, wow, a train comes every five minutes. But when a train is delayed, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, it's delayed by three minutes. So I, I just know I've been on the receiving end of delays. And to know that the team might not have been at its best and other people are going to get delays, it, uh, it hurt. It really hurt. Sal, I think a, a lot of times people can can look down on what was can be referred to as making a scene when you lose mm-hmm. your job. But mm-hmm. I think standing up to your boss and telling your boss, hey, you effed up. Bernard's an idiot. I'm your guy. I think you know your worth and you let him know that. I think that takes a lot of courage. Look, I'm not going to... I was already fired. What am I going to do? Lose my job? So I figured I might as well go out swinging and taking pot shots at people who have you know, grinded my gears. You, know, you got to know your worth, man. I think, I think that's great. And yeah. I, I let him, I let him know what, how I was really feeling and then burst off the scene in a huff. So we were talking a little bit before, before we got on, on the, on the show here, you, you lose your job and you're sort of, I don't want to say wandering around aimlessly, but you, mm-hmm. you feel a little lost. Is that fair to say? Definitely. I mean, I was just trying, I was, I was fixing my son's toy trains. I was, mm-hmm. I was trying to play like train video games. I was reading the little engine that could. It was, I, I, I just, the love was still there, even though the yeah. profession wasn't. Well, you know, that saying, you love what you do. You'll never work a day in your life. Uh, mm-hmm. What train video games were you, were you playing? Because I love video games, but you I know, I uh, uh, two train, two furious is a good one. Uh, Train simulator, though I gotta say, not a, not too accurate of a simulation. Mm-hmm. And even you know, there's some there's some childhood ones. That's even if it's just a little click storybook of Thomas the Tank Engine and stuff. Still, it still gave me that joy. I think if you have pad, like people don't it, don't appreciate the passion that it takes to do that kind of work, and I really admire that in you. Thank you. Know, I I'm glad that you can see it from my perspective. So I appreciate you. So. You're now labeled as an independent contractor and you are doing some freelance work on what is being, you know, affectionately referred to as the midnight meat train. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't have a job. I was, I was approached by someone who, you know, at first it's, you just get, you get correspondence and in in the email signatures, it just says, Mm -hmm. you know, MMT LLC. And I was like, okay, this is just the company. And then I talk a little bit more with the guy about working for him. He says he knew my craft. He rode the subway. He liked what I'd done. I was surprised he knew about me. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. when, When I learned that MMT stood for midnight meat train, I was like, Hey, yo, what is going on here? But Look, a job's a job. They said they had a train, just one train that they really needed repairs on every day. And the money was good as long as I didn't ask questions. So I just shut my trap and repaired the train. And I, st- I still don't really know what's going on. But if part, of, part of the deal was that I don't get to ask them what's happening. And 
given given how my bank account's looking, I'm I'm not going to be asking him any questions. Yeah, and you know what? Sometimes that's okay. Sometimes maybe not every worker needs to know what's going on at the job all the time. Yeah, you know? and like it's a trade. What 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 could be so bad about a train? It's just bringing people from point A to point B. Surely nothing bad could be happening. It's so just you, public transit. What do you think the big differences are between the MTA and the MMT? Oh man, I mean, the MTA's got all these rules and policies and all these. You got to wear the uniform. You got to clock in and clock out and all this other stuff. You have to give mm-hmm. advance notice. Blah blah blah. Like these guys, it's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. They don't ask a lot from me other than it's it's more about the job. There's not all this other. There's no office politics and mm-hmm. company events. It's just show up to work, wear whatever you got to wear, fix the train, go home. That's it. I like it. It's no nonsense. There's no frills. Yeah, I think being able to wear whatever you want is a is a a, a big selling point mm-hmm. for me because I used to work at Eddie Bauer and they made us wear Eddie Bauer clothes and I hated it. So I Ugh. think the fact that you can do that is that makes it worth going to going to the job in and of itself. Yeah, it's nice. I don't have to worry about keeping my three jump, you know, my little overall situation. Got to wash them all the time. It's just mm-hmm. look, if everything's dirty, I just throw on something else. It's no big deal. I appreciate it. It's easier. I know looking at, you know, numbers and and paperwork and stuff, it seems like a lot of the riders on the MMT go missing. Yeah. I've, I heard, I've heard some stuff about this and I, 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 again, I I didn't want to pry because look, you get, you get fired from the MTA. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no other subway in New York. I'm not going to relocate. What am I going to do? The, the BART in San Francisco? What you, whatever the hell they got going on in Los Angeles? No, I'm yeah, not relocating. No. So I got I feel like I've got the last train gig I could get in town. So I don't wanna I don't wanna poke the bear too much. But yeah, it is it is interesting when you, you hear these things about people going missing on trains. I'm just I hope it's not my train. But there are there are some things on the train that, that do confuse me. So I, I, I have I feel like there might be some links, but again, I'm trying to kind of push that out of the brain a little what are some of those things because i i I feel like you know i imagine working on the mta i mean i've been to new york like i said you see a lot of craziness on there so Mm -hmm. if something's standing out to you on the mmt what are what are some of those things look i mean on the mta like i've seen some shit and when i say shit i literally mean i've seen some shit but this the the mmt it's a lot it's a lot more blood than i'm used to which (laughs) you know I don't, I, subway fights happen sometimes. Sometimes it's faster to take the train to the hospital than it is to take a cab or sure. an ambulance. Like I'm not gonna judge anyone for whatever business they're doing on the train, but like it's a lot. It's a lot of blood. A lot mm-hmm. of blood. Uh, every now and then you'll see like like a toenail. I saw a tooth a couple of times. And that was a little strange, but yeah, just like things that I'm used to seeing, like spilled drinks and food and booze. Sure. And some bodily fluids from different orifices, but mm-hmm. the, the the ones on the MMT are more unique, like clumps of hair. That's it. That's that's kind of weird. Scratches in the floor. It's kind of weird. It's the, the the stuff. I'm. It it seems a bit harsher than your normal. Oh, I'm taking the seven train after the bars, and I'm drunk. I don't know right. what kind of fights are happening, but I don't know. Maybe it's like a fight club, and they're not allowed to tell anyone about it, sort of deal. I I. I just hearing the term subway fight, I'm morbidly curious about that because I think that sounds kind of fun. It's it's interesting because people can get creative because you've got 
you've got poles and mm-hmm. handlebars and seats and there's a lot of different a lot of different things that you can do you can you can use them to your advantage you can grab them and do like a kick like i've seen some impressive like judo level stuff on the train so yeah i mean you, you see it from time to time again i haven't i haven't seen any stuff for this this meat train i mean what's nice is i get to work regular hours again the, the the train only runs like late at night i get to work during the day it's really nice i've got a regular nine to five instead of my reverse nine to five where i'm doing pm to am i right. appreciate oh, yeah, yeah. it i you know i i'm curious because this question seems to come up more often than i thought it would on the show where do you land on the whole idea of, for lack of a better term, human sacrifice to keep sort of animals at bay who might overrun a city and we would be powerless to stop them? Oh my, wow, that sounds very specific. But I mean, I would I would guess if if I'm not one for killing people, but if the out if the other option is we get eaten by, in your words, these giant hellish beasts with large teeth. That you know would ought to eat people yeah. or something. I, I guess you, uh, you gotta. It's like that train, that trolley problem thing, which mm-hmm. I always thought was weird that they went with a trolley and not a subway train. But whatever. But seems I too mean, flashy for me. I'll be honest. Yeah, right. A trolley. No one uses a. It's a. It's a no. tourist trap of a public transit. It's, a, it's an it's absurd a sham. Thing. Ridiculous. No one takes trolleys. But yeah. it's kind of like that, right? Like. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to move the train to run over one person, but if it's one versus five, like you got to do what you got to do, I guess. I mean, it's, it's, it's the philosophical question for a reason. And I think you, I think you're spot on with it. I, I, I'm just, I call him as I see him, you know? What do you take more pride in Sal? Is it the fact that you, you do the thing you love to do, you work on trains and your passion is, is it's evident. Do you, do you take more pride in that? Or being a father. Oh man, I mean, there's there's nothing past the love you have for your kid, and just seeing seeing them grow up, hitting mm-hmm. the ball off a tee, getting a, a A plus on the spelling test, doing math problems, figuring out how to do long division for the first time. Look, I I like to joke when I worked for the MTA, people be like, what train's the best? I'd be like, that's like choosing between my kids. But when it comes to choosing between my kid and anything else, I'm picking my kid. I'm a family man, first and foremost. I love trains, but if if it ever came to the situation where I had to give up the train life for Mm -hmm. my son, I'd let it happen. You know what, Sal? I I don't have children and I don't, I I certainly don't want to overstep, but I think if if a few people need to be sacrificed to some hellish beasts to maintain that love and to hear that kind of admiration for your son through a father's eyes, I think it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, very, again, very specific with hellish beasts, but, uh, but I would have to agree. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. I don't right. know. I, just I, I, pick I could a be thing. off. I could be way off. Yeah. Vampires, you know, all, all sure. the classics. Vampires. Frankenstein's. Yeah. Absolutely. Frankenstein. Hellish beasts that eat people with giant teeth when, you know, they come out from uh, the the hell portal that a train takes them to, whatever. Could be any of those things. Any of these things. Very common tropes we come across all the time. Of course. I mean, you live in New York. You've seen it all, man. Look, I've, I've this, <laughs> man, you you want to talk about hellish beasts. I just got going to go on a train past two in the morning. My goodness. So what do you do? You know, you're 
I, you seem to be about as New York as it gets. I mean, your name is like, your name is Sal. And I don't think you can, mm-hmm. you hear a name like that and you immediately assume like, that's New York. This is New York. And that's what I love about it. So as a New Yorker, what is, what is it about the city that makes you feel alive? What is this? What's something that you might enjoy about New York that somebody like me from Michigan might not know? Yeah. I think the thing with New York is like, no matter no matter where you are in the city, and this isn't just the Manhattan thing. You can be in Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queens, even if you go to Staten. You can be wherever. Mm-hmm. There's, always, there's always something to do. There's always whatever you're looking for. And there, there's so many things that people get passionate about, like the most specific things. Like people mm-hmm. are arguing what the best bodega is. There's, the city's littered with them. And we have the best problem possible of so many good things. You're like, there's not going to be a bad restaurant in New York because if it's bad, no one's going to go and they'll go out of business and then a new one will show up. So yeah. you, no matter where you are, there's always going to be something good. And, and I, that's what I appreciated about working on the trains and the trains as a system. It's like if a place is popular enough to have a subway stop, there's going to be enough stuff going on in that neighborhood that oh you like the the subway is like an adventure you just pick a dot and you're going all right i'm going to this stop i like the color orange so let's take let's take the b why not and then you just go and then boom and you're there and you get off and you don't even have to like these yelp reviews you go people plan oh this place said good for i you don't need that just mm-hmm. pick a spot go out look around oh look an italian restaurant named sal's probably good and then you go and then it is come on Um, I think just hearing that if you, if you haven't been to New York and you're listening to this, go, you got to go to New York. It's, it's, it really is the the greatest city in the world. Uh, but Sal, give those people a piece of advice. If you'd be so kind, let's get, we're going to, we're going to get some people from the Midwest. They're going to come to New York. They're going to ride the MMT. What's some advice that you would give to a, to a newbie in New York riding the MMT for the first time? Oh, the MMT, the train yeah. that I work on. The one that you I work mean, on, yeah. I mean, again, I, I only do work when the train is down. I've never actually rode the, I've never been on it. They, they told me, again, part of the contract is I'm not allowed to ride it. I don't know if it's some sort of like mm-hmm. autistic integrity thing where I can only be doing maintenance for it. So I've, ne- I've never ridden it, but I would assume it's just a perfectly normal train where nothing bad happens. So uh, I, I would say if you're just, you know, take take the train just enjoy enjoy the ride like that's mm-hmm. that's the thing is it's a it, any the train's a modern marvel it's a wonderful thing that we've got going on it's disappointing that for the rest of america public transit is just not a thing you look at europe like they got the right idea they got trains all over the place so yeah i i would say if you're taking the mmt just just try not to think too much about your your surroundings try not to worry too much about what's going on or the other people on the train or who else is there. Just like you could, it's like you can get lost in the train, like get daydream and enjoy just the ride. And you don't have to like keep your guard up. You're safe. You're on a train. Like you'll be fine. So just enjoy it. Go into your old happy place, your world of bliss. Mm-hmm. Don't pay too much mind about that guy that's over there. Who's walking in between the cars. Cause they're living your life. They're living their life. You're living yours. Stay out of your business. I got my business. Whatever. You don't got to pay too much attention. What's, what's going to happen? Mind your own damn business is what I heard. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll I'll stay out of yours. Mind your own damn you business. Stay out of mine. You know, it's it's a very New York thing. Everyone's got the headphones in. They're walking around. Like, don't judge them. Whatever they're doing, he's reading this book. She's listening to this podcast or whatever. Like, just they, they leave people be. And I think on the train, do the same thing. No one's got no one's gonna hurt you on the train. And it's not, like all these subway fights start when people are getting in each other's faces. And I don't think any sort of gruesome violence would happen on the train for someone completely unsuspecting that hasn't done anything wrong for no good reason. Sal, thank you so much for clearing up just a little bit. I know New York gets a bad rap all the time, but I, I like when when we can get real New Yorkers who come in here and tell us, it ain't that bad. Mind your own business. You're probably going to be fine. Yeah. I like people. People try to give New York this bad rap. It's it's a wonderful city, wonderful, diverse culture. There's a lot going on. There's there's so much to do. The city never sleeps. Like the old moniker, like it holds true. Any hour of the day, any part of the city, there's going to be something to do. You're going to have a good time. And yeah, even if you're taking, you know, the a, a train late at night, this midnight meat train, like, hey, midnight is like midnight in New York's like eight o'clock somewhere else. Like there's going to be stuff going on. So hell yeah, get on, have a good time. Totally. That's not the love. Well, Sal, I'm going to ride the midnight meat train. I'm going to ride the MMT next time I'm back okay. in New York. And you know what? I'm going to leave a review that says Sal is the best train maintenance guy you got. Thank you. I would appreciate it. I mean, like, you look at, just note note how clean the seats you are on. Note, note there's no grinding of the gears. It's not yeah. squeaking. The doors open nice and smooth. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no jitteriness to the door. The, the ride is smooth. You won't even realize how fast you're going just because it's such a, such a seamless ride. You're going to be on a subway, but you're going to feel like you're on one of those high-speed bullet trains. And don't be alarmed when you get in, when you get in the midnight meat train, because it does look identical to a subway train from the Los Angeles transit department, but it's definitely New York. So even if you go in and, and you're like, this certainly looks like a train out of the LA public transit system. I thought that this was supposed to be New York City. It's definitely New York City. Maybe they just got one of those trains in. I don't know. Again, I don't ask too many questions, but I'm telling you, it's definitely in New York, despite looking identical to a Los Angeles public transit train. I mean, thank you so much for coming by, Sal. Uh, your delight, your slice. You are New York personified, and I can't take I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate you again giving me the platform to talk about it because you know a lot of people say things like tip your waiters. So uh, you know, you don't we don't tip your maintenance guy, but just consider it. When you go on a train and it gets to where you need to go and you're safe and you don't die a gruesome death on the train, you know, thank your maintenance worker. Thank your maintenance workers. Well, I thank you very much, Sal. Uh, you're the best, man. Thank you for coming by. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to My Neighbors Are Dead. I've been your host, Adam Peacock. The show was produced by myself with Nate DeFort and edited by Nate DeFort. Original music was done by Jesse Case, along with Dane Halverson, and our original artwork was done by Mark Nishan. I would like to give a big thanks to Mike Schubert for coming by and bringing Sal with him. Again, Mike is the creator of the upcoming project, Modern Muckraker. Make sure you go over to kickstarter.com, find Modern Muckraker, and donate. Check it out. If you like the show and you want to support us, please like and subscribe. And if you'd like to donate to the show, you can find us on patreon.com at myneighborsaredead. Follow us on Instagram at myneighborsaredead and on Twitter at mydeadneighbors. Again, thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you next week. Hey, it's Mia. Hey, it's Allie. And we host the Rom-Com Review Podcast, P.S. I Love Rom-Com. Each week, we'll have incredible guests come and discuss a new rom-com, grand gestures, meet-cutes, and of course, 
that elusive chemistry. Mia, what are you doing holding that giant boombox over your head? I'm hoping to win over listeners with this grand gesture. Take us back! Find a new episode every week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Wow, you're uh, still holding that boombox. Yeah, I've got great upper body strength. Thanks, CrossFit. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Campfire.